Welcome to Carrots and Suffering, a D&D Odyssey. We are a 5th edition real play D&D podcast. Please rate and review us wherever you found this podcast. If you have friends who love a good high drama, high role play nerding out, please send them our way. We are well into book two now, and our heroes are deep in the thorns, surrounding the kingdom. This episode is one of the campaign's great battles, which makes it one of our most mechanical. Heads up on that. Okay, last time on Carrots and Suffering. Our heroes had an extended interview with a fey tree, the ancient sentient trees given life by fairy magic to serve as historians and notaries for fairy agreements made with mortals. They learned that somewhere in the kingdom two powerful figures are alive, an immortal thousand-year-old man known only as Lord Mason, and the last King Fenrir who, despite being missing for a lifetime, is still alive. They learn more about Glindy, who called herself the Good Witch and hid from the Fairy Queen by remaining in the shade of the Fey Tree farming apples from somewhere in the Thorns. They learn that there's a Fairy Portal with keys near the castle, and they also learn the nature of Fairy Agreements. Why do fairies make agreements with people? What I can tell you is that some find that the only way to change their nature is to make an agreement to change their nature. And they must do this with a party that benefits from that change, which is rarely a fairy creature. I can also tell you that some of them simply delight in their power. They are playing with you. Some negotiate for direct benefits, things they want, things that align with their nature, and still a few seem to grow more powerful around those creatures in which they have an agreement. It's as if when near sources of magic tied to them, they gain the power to bend the very nature of reality. Sable is given the chance at the deal of a lifetime, as clearly the Fairy Queen has grown desperate to keep the Circle of the Moon in business. We know from previous discoveries that dissolving the Circle, which would happen if something happened to its only member, would end the Queen's marriage to Marigold Varathi. She has sent me to secure an agreement in which you induct more members into the Circle of the Moon immediately. Hmm. What is she offering in return? You've not seen the cat look uncomfortable before. <laughs> he looks really uncomfortable and starts starts fidgeting and kind of like pawing at his own feet and says, Name your price. Jalen concocts a message to try to delay her father, an assassin of the Fairy Queen, from killing the last two targets of his current deal, which seem to be Taylor chosen to eliminate sources of information the heroes might find in the Thorns. Okay, so this is what the message says. Kylan, return home. Champions stage a coup to take over all the houses. Desperately need your help. Jacob. Our heroes encounter Elamis and Azio, two fairy bounty hunters out gathering lost shifters, humans whose fairy curses have grown so severe they are essentially animals, to sell to the fairy queen's court. So emerging from the thorn line behind you about 30 feet is Elamis with two tail-whipping panthers... And stepping out into the thorn line from the other side is a woman with two tail-whipping panthers you've never seen before. She has big owl-feathered eyes that kind of come off of her face in like a big owl motif. And our adventure ends with the heroes getting to the mason crypt, only to be attacked by animated thorns. Alright, let's get into it. Hi, I'm Nate, and I will be your Dungeon Master. I'm Sandra, and I play Sable the Druid. I'm Mandy, I play Jalen the Rogue. I'm Julie, I play Sylpha the Wizard. Okay, I want to reset the scene here to start us off. So, you have, for the last two, three hours, been cutting through the thorns, leaving this sort of 15-foot-wide line of ash behind you. Not too long ago, you encountered some traps, and you kind of went around them. You ran into Elamis and Azio, who are two apparently elven bounty hunters hunting escaped shifters, or loose shifters. You have now arrived at the graveyard. It has two large stone mausoleums that you can see. You're about 60 feet from the entrance of one of those. As you entered the graveyard, the thorns went from this nine-foot-tall, robust green and brown to this 
dingy brown and purple, five foot tall, sickly, not a lot of leaf, not a lot of leafage. Foliage, I think, is the term you're looking for. So the foliage is mostly gone, leaving these sort of bare stripped vines of massive thorns. You can tell looking at them that they still drip poison, but the poison is dark and purple and different than anything you've seen before. Your robot has succeeded in stepping over the wrought iron fence. It was very small, like a little tiny, strictly customary sort of ornamental wrought iron fence. Stepped over it, kind of burnt the thorns around it so that you could get over. And then it's sort of been dodging these headstones, still leaving them pretty scorched, but at least not shattered by the scythe or anything. Behind these two stone mausoleums, one of which you are 60 feet from, there is this towering tree. You were expecting a willow tree, like a big drooping willow. And it is, something is very wrong. Most of the drooping willow bits are gone. It looks almost skeletal in tree form. There's some very dark purplish foliage. And the tree appears to have like these tiny little fruits on it. Just little dark colored purple, like miniature plums all over it. And between you and it and you and... The crypt is about five feet high, thick thorns. As a reminder, your golem can cut about 15 feet of thorns in, in about six seconds, about a round, by freezing them, chopping them, and then burning them. It's sloppy when they go that fast, so you'll have to be careful. But it is about four rounds of chopping from the mausoleum. You can tell, because these thorns are about five feet high, that you can just see the tops of the doors of the mausoleums. The one that's closest to you is hanging wide open, and the one that's further from you is closed and sealed shut with some sort of white chalk-looking substance forming a symbol kind of around it. And that was when creatures made of twig and vine seem to come alive in the rest of the vines and attack you. So just to be clear, are these animated thorns or are these some other plant? So they're basically the most natural camouflage you've ever seen in that they appear to be vine creatures with twiggy thorny bits on them. And when they stood still, you couldn't really tell that they weren't just more thorns. So now that they're moving, it's really tough to really resolve them with your eyesight. They are well defended in their terrain they don't appear to be attached to the ground though they can move they move with feet they don't appear to be tethered to anything so they might be animated thorns they look very different though would a nature check tell me what these things are yeah it might it might yeah oh yeah how about a 19 plus whatever i have 25 okay you know exactly what these things are so there are two types of plant creatures that you know are animated by outside forces, and you're not sure which force has animated these. There's a thing known as a blight, which is created when a... Well, so there's a natural blight, which is sort of rot on vines. There's an unnatural blight, which is probably what you're looking at, which is created when plants are essentially watered with the blood of vampires. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's probably what you're looking at here. Oh, good. What you know about vampires is entirely a different role, but you do know that the blood of powerful undead, the word vampire occurs to you, Mm -hmm. creates things like this. You also know that wild fairy magic and lightning strikes can create larger twisted pools of vines that are alive. Okay. And so you can't tell really. You're pretty sure the little ones are blights, but... It's so hard to tell how big these things are. Mm -hmm. There could be the other kind running around in here, too. Mm -hmm. And I think we've established that with a previous Arcana role, Silpha is aware of what vampires are. Yes. I have a question about the two mausoleums. Yes. What kind of shape are they in? Are they kept up or are they like crumbling run down? So (laughs) they are made with mason stonework. You can tell from even at a glance that it's the same kind of masonry that All of the old mason buildings are built with, and it is standing up pretty well to the test of nature. But they are not maintained. 
So they're like dirty and covered in vines, but they are not crumbling in any way, shape, or form. It's as if they were made with magical masonry. With blood. Probably. With your powers combined, I need your initiative rolls. Jalen got a 14. Jessica got a 10. Sulfa got a 5. And I got a 19. And then the glorious needle-throwing blights. Needle-throwing? Fuck. Yep. Are gonna go on 10. Sable. Yes. It is extremely difficult to see these things. Basically, you have disadvantage to attack them. Luckily, I have area spells. That would help greatly. But it is your turn, so go for it. I am going to use a second level spell, which is Moonbeam. Basically, with a few words and a point to the sky, a silvery beam of pale light shines down in a five-foot radius. 40-foot-high cylinder centered on a point within range wherever I saw movement. Okay, a five-foot radius is going to hit probably four of these creatures. Okay. Yep. Engulfed in ghostly flames that cause searing pain. 2d10 radiant damage. Normally, radiant damage isn't terribly effective against normal thorns, but these blighted thorns just wither and die instantly. So you you kill off a 10-foot circle of the thorn wall that these creatures are hiding in, and then, of course, they have to survive this. Let's see if that happens. So you hit four of them. Con save. Okay. And I rolled stupidly well. Yay. They rolled pretty average. So 2d10 radiant damage. I got 16. Two of them are obliterated, just completely destroyed, and then two of them are kind of hanging on. All right. They don't look good, though. And you have a moonbeam up. Yep, I will call to the others that these are likely blighted plants fed by the blood of the undead. Something from the base of the tree dislodges and starts moving very slowly and methodically towards you like an advancing wall of thorns. Oh, God. It crosses about 40 feet over the course of about six seconds, meaning that it is going to reach you next turn. But it is basically just a ball of thorny detritus that appears to be alive, and it's big. When it stretches up to its full height to move, it, that, that is a nine-foot thorn wall coming at you. And that's going to bring us to Jalen. So how far away is the movement we're seeing? Like, is it... The big thing? Yeah. So the big thing started about 120 feet away, and it moved 40 feet closer... Actually, it won't get here for two more rounds. It's lumbering. But the other blight things are are closer. They're all over. It's like you walked into a patch of them. Okay, so she's going to take out two antitoxins and give one to Jessica and say, drink this, and then she's going to drink one. And Okay, she's going to draw the rapier and fairy bane. Jessica will down one and draw her weapons. So you're hopeful that Fairy Bane will have some effect. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. Shit. Whatever these things are, they are not fairies. Well, hell. Fed by the blood of the undead. <laughs> I need Vampire Bane. Different sword. Different sword, right. All right. That brings us to the Needle Blights. So you can tell there are a lot of Needle Blights. Basically, as they start to shift and move, every five feet, 60 feet out from you, there are Needle Blights. It's only effective for the ones that are basically like on the edge of this thorn wall to actually attack. So scampering out of the thorn wall are six needle blights that step right up next to you. And they sort of whip tentacle-like arms around and thorns are hurled out. So six of them will start hurling thorns. They seem to be basically random, but only targeting things that have blood in them. So they don't care about the golem. Muriel is safe. No, she doesn't. She's not even registering to them. So attacking Sable with a mighty eight to hit. (laughs) Attacking Jalen with a mighty nine to hit. Mm -mm. Attacking Jessica with a crit. Oh, (gasps) shit. Because of course. She's going to be pissed. It's good. So because she downed this potion, she's actually only going to take half damage from this. Okay. Which she takes three total damage after I've reduced it. Silpha? A 14. No, she has mage armor, so a 16 is what you would need to hit. All right, you're alive and well, and that leaves two more needles, so nothing like ganging up on people. Jessica, 
Wow, okay, Jessica gets hit twice, I'm imagining. Does a 17 hit her? Yes, she has an AC of 15. Alright, she gets hit twice, she's going to take half damage. The first one does 9, so half of that is 5. Go ahead and round down, she can take 4. And then the second one... Oh shit, man, these high die rolls. There's 11, <laughs> half of that is 5. So she takes 9 total. Yes. And then Silpha, you're up. And Muriel goes on your turn, for lack of a better system. Okay. Describe the way the needle blights throw their, their needles. How far did their vines seem to reach? How far do they whip it, Nene? <laughs> yes, they whip just about a five-foot distance, but the Nene can go 30 feet without a problem. Basically creates a, a shower of cactus needles that are super poisonous. They're a cactuar! <laughs> well, I will actually expend a higher level spell slot to do something that my friends have not seen me demonstrate yet, and Silpha will cast Fly on herself. And she, t- she removes a component from her pouch. You see her cloak swirl around her, become white, the fur at her shoulders expand and grow, and then as she throws her arms open, she takes flight with enormous purple and blue iridescent wings. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Jalen's like, her wings are prettier than my wings. On one side. The other side are white and boring. <laughs> <laughs> and protective. And protective. Camouflagey. Mm-hmm. All right. So, Silva, you rocket in the air and are now out of range of everything that would attack you. Muriel appears to have been cutting towards the mausoleum, and if you do not give her a different instruction, she will cut towards the mausoleum. I will direct Muriel to defend uh, the people on the ground by sending an arc of fire towards the blight creatures that are moving towards us. Okay, please roll me a will save. Oh. Wisdom saving throw, rather. A six. A six, okay. (laughs) Muriel turns her cannons at your instruction at these things, and you get sort of a a bit of psychic feedback. You can't really quite make out the words, but it occurs to you that Muriel is not quite this level of violent. So instead of doing what you say, she instead is going to fire her cannons in a kind of intimidating way, hopefully. Mm -hmm. And we'll see how that goes. And she rolls a two. So basically she points these two giant cannons into the air and fires this massive cloud of condensation that sort of basically creates fog in the air above her for for a brief moment. But none of the needle blights seem to register it. And you imagine they don't have eyes, but hey, it was worth a shot. (sighs) Uh, And that is Muriel's turn. You were going to have me roll perception or something, I think. I was going to say passive perceptions. 13. Minus 12. 14. 14 is just sufficient. Sable, you hear movement coming from the mausoleum. You don't see anything because it's 60 feet away behind a five-foot wall of thorns. Okay. And that's going to bring us to Sable. I'm going to take out some needle blights then with the moonbeam. I'm moving the moonbeam so that it is more in between us and the mausoleum. Okay. But I'm hitting as many needle blights as I can in the process. Okay, so basically, as your moonbeam moves across, it obliterates these sickened thorns. You're just sort of cutting a a swath as it turns to get between the mausoleum and your current location, at which point it comes to settle, and that's when it actually badly damages these things. I'll see how much damage. Those two earlier that you did half damage to, they did start their turn in it, and they did die. So you sweep around over there, and you hit four more. For almost the worst possible damage I could roll. (laughs) Okay, so they fail, fail... Succeed, succeed. I rolled three points. Three? At, out of a possible 20. Oh, bummer. Yeah. Well, all right then. <gasps> but you obliterated some others, so, you know, that's good. <laughs> the uh, the swinging motion seems to have, like, taken the concentration yeah, off yeah. of them for long enough that they're they're burnt, but not, you know, too unhappy about it. And I yell, something's coming from the mausoleum. Oh, good. Uh, The shambling creature surges 40 feet forward, 
doesn't seem to be gaining momentum. It continues to kind of sort of rumble toward you. Can I tell it all what that thing is? It is just a ball of animated thorns. Oh, Jesus. And meanwhile, you hear another kind of rumbling, and off in the distance, near the other far-off mausoleum, the one you're not near, another big ball of these thorns sort of stands up. Fuck. You gotta burn those things, yeah. We gotta burn those things. It has a ways to go to get to you, though. Jalen. It sounded like there were two groups of three needle flingers. Yeah, basically. Kind of close to us. Okay, so she's going to close with one of those groups and swing it. She's going to swing the rapier at one and fairy bane at another. Okay. The rapier, she does 22. Yep, they are totally exposed because they stepped out of the thorn wall. And fairy bane, 14. Both will hit. Okay. It's been a long time since we've done, like, real combat. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm not familiar with my own hits anymore. I think it's been months. I get sneak attack? You don't until Jessica steps in next turn. All right. Okay, maximum damage with the rapier. That's 12. Okay, you kill one. Yay! And then with Fairy Bane, six. Okay, that one is not dead. Jessica, I think she's going to stay basically at your side, Jalen, so go ahead and have her roll some attacks. Okay, what is she using? Probably swords. Okay, so she's got, she can have a rapier and a dagger? Sure. All right, so she's going to attack twice with the rapier and hit both times, 23 and 19. Yep, yep. Okay, so with one of them, she does six. The other slash, she does seven. Okay. And then with the dagger, nine, which probably does not hit. A nine will miss. Okay. So she gravely injures two more. Their turn. So six more needle blights spill out into the open. They are kind of struggling to get space now. You are being overwhelmed by needle blights. As they come pushing out, they are slamming into each other. So the ones in the back are going to have disadvantage to attack. But attacking Sable twice is going to be a crit (laughs) and a miss. So Sable, a crit hit against you is going to do... Ow. Ow. Ooh, ow. Ow. I don't like that. (laughs) Stop. 17 damage. Jesus. Holy shit. Poison damage, if that matters. I don't know. Am I immune to poison at all? You're not immune to poison. Yeah. Unless it's from frogs. This one doesn't count. This is from death. Yeah. (laughs) You're not immune to death poison. (laughs) Attacking Jalen twice, 17 to hit. God damn. Yep. And a 16 to hit. My AC is 16, so that just barely hits. Okay, so they will both hit. And I roll really bad, so that's good. And she drank an antitoxin. Okay, so you're going to take half of this then. So between the two hits, you take 14 damage, so you take 7. And then you don't have Uncanny Dodge, do you? I do. So 4? You could take half once a turn if you want. Yep, yep, yep. From one of these. Okay. From one of them. Well, which one is worse? (laughs) So one of them did 9, and you would take half, which would be 4. So you could could use Uncanny Dodge to cancel out 2. Okay, so... 2 damage. 6 damage total? Yeah. Okay. Okay, attacking Jessica... And a miss, and then we have the sort of disadvantaged pile of these creatures in the back, which are going to be a miss, a miss, a miss, a miss. You can roll this like 87 times. And a miss. (laughs) I just need to know. Things are not going well in this pool of junk. And that's going to bring us to Sofa. So the path below you has 11 needle blights surrounding your friends. All of whom are bleeding at this point, right? Well, things that Sylpha can do include casting a web to try to entangle some of the creatures to prevent them from getting closer to you. You could get six of them on the side away from the mausoleum, or six of them on the side toward the mausoleum, but your web would extend back into get a lot of them. Or I could attack one of them with one of her cantrips. There are several that have taken damage. I could also try to put things to sleep. If they're undead, they might be immune. Yes, which I don't think it would occur to her to cast sleep on plant creatures because she doesn't think of plants, even animated ones, as creatures that would sleep. I'm inclined to cast web in a way that I think will prevent more creatures from coming towards my friends. You can choose behind them. 
which will prevent things from spilling into the path, but it cuts off your retreat. You can choose the side away from the mausoleum, which prevents things from spilling into half of the path. Or you can choose towards the mausoleum, which prevents things from spilling half of the path that way, but blocks your path to the mausoleum. Well, I think in front of the mausoleum, because Sable had stated... There's something coming from it, yeah. There was something coming from there, and she doesn't know what it is, so that's a little terrifying. It is sizable. She conjures a 20-foot cube of thick, sticky webbing. Okay. That basically covers part of the path. You hit one, two, three, four, five, six of these twig blights. I'm going to roll them a collective couple of saves. They roll terribly and all fail. So six of these are restrained. Yay! To the right. Essentially rendering them unable to really function. And there is more webbings than another 15 feet into the thorns towards the mausoleum. What's Muriel doing? Burn them. Burn them. Burn them a lot. (laughs) Kill them! So Silpha has a feeling of great distress that she is sharing with Muriel. Distress that her friends are being injured. And she kind of pleads with Muriel to defend against the creatures that are harming and actively hurting my friends. Burn them. Wisdom saving throw, please. I did better that time. It's a 17. Okay, Muriel does it. But you gotta tell me, is she attacking the mausoleum side or the not-mausoleum side? And you should remember that webs are flammable. Webs are flammable. So she is attacking the not-mausoleum side because I feel like I've restrained the ones that were, and the things that were coming towards us from the mausoleum. Okay. And then she will also burn basically like a big chunk of thorns away with this move. Her minimum fire damage... 3d6. Okay, so her average fire damage is going to be 10. And her average frost damage is going to be 10. And her average scything damage is... 15? Yeah, it's 2d8 plus 6 slashing damage. We're just not going to roll. They're just dead. (laughs) She obliterates five of them, including the ones that you've been sorting to death, Jalen and Jessica. She also tears a chunk out of the thorn wall near you, revealing another probably five, six feet of now ashen thorns, and the creatures in there are collapsed and burnt as well, as she just unloads in that direction. Excellent. Bringing our total number of killed twig blights to eight. Okay, end of the round. You hear from the mausoleum, Quick, this way, I can defend you! And Sable. We all hear that? Yeah, it was shouted in in common. Male or female voice? Male. Okay. Is there anything about it that's even remotely recognizable? No, you have never met this person before. Okay, and we can't see them? No. We know that some of these things are created from the blood of vampires. Yes. I need to know if this moonbeam's going to do anything to this wall of thorns, That's this rolling wall of thorns. So... You move it to that thing? Yeah, one way or another, I think that we have to move towards cover. Whether this thing is dangerous or not, I don't know, but I do think that we have to move towards cover because we've got two big nine-foot things of thorns coming at us. So I would be moving toward the mausoleum through that path of... I believe it's currently webbed. Yeah. Oh, is it? Towards the mausoleum has been webbed. Well, I'm going to square up the direction that this thing is coming. I'm going to turn myself into a big-ass brown bear then. Okay, you are a bear. This entity is going to roll a saving throw against your radiant damage. It will succeed, so it'll take half damage. So it'll take four points of damage. Okay, you burn it a little bit. It does appear to have an effect. You see some of the detritus of vines fall away, but not in a big way. Can I figure out what kind of creature this is? Is this like a larger version of a blight? This seems to be a larger version of a blight. A blight that has stewed for some time. Mmm, stewed blight. Mmm. On its turn, it shambles 40 feet closer, basically getting to the edge of the thorn wall. It is now the same height as Muriel and next to Muriel. The other one from a ways away on the other far-off mausoleum moves 40 feet closer. Alright, so are there any webbed blights Still standing. There are six web blights. Still standing. Okay. Still standing, and the ones behind them that would be flooding in are webbed. She is going to attack the webbed blights nearest to her and Jessica. 
You have advantage because they are restrained. Oh, goody. And you have sneak attack because Jessica is with you, but only once. Excellent. So that is a 15 with the rapier, and that is a 25 with fairy bane. So with the rapier, it's 10 damage. Okay. And with fairy bane, also 10 damage. Okay. Two of them look like they're barely clinging on to life. Jessica crosses to help you. Okay. And she gets advantage on all of her swings? She does. Okay. So she's going to do, again, two rapier swings and then a knife. Okay. Knife swing. So the rapier, she hits once, hits once, misses once with the rapier. And the knife, she hits 16 hits, right? Yes. All right. The rapier, she does 11. Okay. That one's dead. All right, and with the dagger, she does four. Okay, she finishes off one that you injured. Excellent. So you're up to ten killed needle bites. Okay, needle bites turns. Three spill into the side that are not webbed, and the ones that are webbed are just going to try to get out. They are not going to succeed because they're not very strong. And then the three that piled back in the other side will attack. So there's a bear that looks like a good source of blood. So one attack on the bear, that will definitely hit. One attack on Jalen will miss. One attack on Jessica, 14? No, they need a 15 to hit Jessica. Okay. So just Sable gets hit this turn. Sable, in bear form, you take eight damage. Okay. And that's going to bring us to Silpha. What do the tops of the mausoleums look like? You should sort of think of them as like domed, big column looking objects. They are, however, covered in thorny vines, yes. But they're sickly, so there are big patches you could land. Burn us a path. <laughs> I want, well, I have realized and have been thinking about since, I, since my last turn, actually, that I have broken a rule. And that is that web is a concentration spell, and so is fly. Mm. I would like to be above most of the attacks of the blights, but I would like to land on a bear patch. Actually, we will go ahead and say that your 60 feet of movement on your first turn took you across the 60 feet to the thing, so you landed last turn. And now you are not breaking any rules, but you still get to decide what you're going to do for your turn. I will hurl my undead killing spell, Chill Touch, at some of the attacking Needle Blights. Okay, you get to choose one. Is it a save or an attack roll? It's an attack roll. I have to roll to hit. I rolled a one. I don't hit. A skeletal hand whiffs past (laughs) one of the attacking needle blights, and it dodges away. It waves him out. End of the round. From inside the mausoleum, you hear a, quickly, quickly. And from down the path of ash that you previously burnt, you see the black tentacled panthers of Ielamis and Azio spill out into the 15-foot path and start charging toward your group of people. And then you see Azio and Ielamis pretty far away with longbows step out and take aim. Can we tell whether they're aiming at us or at the plants? Nope. Oh, shit. It's time for Fairy Facts. One of my favorite tales of small folk and their powers comes from Cornwall. The small folk there can shapeshift into anything they choose, though they often choose animals. A quirk of this power is that each shapeshift permanently shrinks the small folk, as well as what it can turn into. In old age, these fairies live out their lives as ants. Of course, helping a fairy and being reliable results in boons to people of various sizes and quantities, but doing wrong by a fairy can be incredibly bad. As a result, it's extremely bad luck to kill ants in Cornwall. So there you go. Respect the ants. Let's get back to it. Can I hold the moonbeam where it is and then get to one of these blight things and attack it? Not the needle blights, the bigger ones. Okay, so I actually forgot something. The bigger one did move on its turn, and so it needs to roll a second saving throw against your thing. Because it took, yeah, and it failed, so you get to roll damage. Basically, on its turn, it started in your moonbeam. Oh, yeah! 17 points of damage! Okay, yeah, it takes all of that, so he's taken 21 now. You will probably want to move your moonbeam onto him, 
but basically it is five feet from you at this point. It's this massive wall of tentacles. Uh-huh. Tentacled thorny vines. Well, I have to decide if I want to move my moonbeam or attack, right? I can do one or the other. Yeah, so the moonbeam's guaranteed to do damage. All right, so I'm just going to make sure that I am the target that it sees. Okay. You're a bear. That's pretty reasonable. Yeah, but I'm still going to pull the moonbeam up behind it. Okay, it's going to succeed on the con save, so it'll take half damage this time. All right. So 12 is what I rolled, so it'll take six. Okay. Yeah, you burn it some more. Okay. And I let out a roar, and I'm kind of pointing them in the direction. A big bear seems like a reasonable thing to attack. Yeah. It is its turn, and it is going to attack the bear, but first it's going to roll save against Moonbeam. Did Muriel do anything the last round? Because we got to burn our way to it somewhere. Oh, that's true. Silpha, do you want Muriel to start burning towards the mausoleum? Absolutely. Okay, Muriel will do that without being without you having to roll anything that is within her nature. So she will turn and burn 15 feet away from that side of the path. She will obliterate a fair amount of webbings, but also all of the things stuck in the webbing. And you are now 15 feet closer, so she needs three more turns of burning to get you there. So it starts inside your moonbeam. Ooh, nice, 17! Okay, so it's going to take eight. And then it's probably going to try and hit me. And then it's going to try to hit you, yes. I'm deft. I'm going to dodge. <laughs> <laughs> this big thing is going to slam at you twice with these massive viney tentacles of thorns. Slam number one is a 21 to hit. Oh. Slam number two is a 15 to hit. Yep, it hit me both times. I'm really not good at dodging as a bear. Good news. Very average rolls. So from the first hit, you take 12 bludgeoning damage as it smacks you with this giant meaty vine. Okay. Followed by 11 bludgeoning damage. Ooh, I'm barely still a bear. <laughs> Ow! It just thumps you twice really Hunk. hard with giant hunks of dead vegetation. Yeah. Another shambling mound also in the distance moves closer. It's the same one that's very slowly working its way towards you. It's got three or four more rounds before it gets here. Yeah, but we gotta still go three rounds. Yep. Jalen. Alright, so Muriel just took care of the rest of the webbed things, right? Yeah, so basically Muriel obliterated another five things and then some more as she tore into the thorns. And I just saw Sable as a bear get pretty badly hit. Oh yeah, I just got bludgeoned. So for... I think Jalen's gonna run to the bear, to Sable Bear's defense and attack this it's the shambling mound of thorns, right? Yep. All right, yeah, she's going to swing at it with each sword and hit both times. That's a 17 and a 19, so it's well into the 20s for both of them. Yeah, I believe its AC is pretty low, so you should have no problem hitting it. All right, so, and then she gets sneak attack. Sable is right there, so with the rapier, she does eight damage. I'm not doing really well on the damage front right now. <laughs> Well, you generally got to sneak attack fairies in the past. This is... Yeah. This is not a fairy, mm -hmm. so I don't get the extra fairy bane. Yeah, that's better. And she does 10 with fairy bane. You hit it repeatedly. It is a giant ball of vines. It's really hard to tell how effective you're doing, but hunks of branchy things are falling off of it. Which is good. Jessica's turn. There are three needle blights near her, but I think she's going to stick with her sis. Okay, so she's also going to attack the shambling thorn thing? Mm-hmm. All right, so two rapier swings and a knife swing. 16 hits, right? Yes. Okay, so she hits twice with the rapier. And a crit with the dagger. Okay. Yeah! So with the rapier, she does 16. Okay. And with the dagger, she does 8. Okay, so 16 and 8 is 24 total. Go, Jessica. She's mad now. Yeah. Jessica tears some more vines off of it. It is a very big creature, and you are slowly weed-whacking it. <laughs> so, spilling in to the pathway are... So, there aren't webs really stopping things anymore. So, you get a total of six more needle blights. God bringing the needle blight total in the, in the pathway up to nine, six of which are effective attackers at any given moment. I hate blights. So... First one goes at Sable for an 11 and probably misses. 11 will hit. Oh, you're a bear. Take a mighty 8 damage. 
Well, that mighty eight damage has turned me back into Sable. Okay, you're back into Sable. That's still better than taking that damage as not a bear. Yeah. All right, attacking Jessica twice is going to miss once and hit once. So Jessica is going to take half of eight damage. So four, so that's 16 total. Attacking Jalen twice, going to hit once. Jalen, you're going to take half of eight damage. And then uncanny dodge. And yeah, you can uncanny dodge that to take two less even. You actually take two total. Two total, okay. Okay, so one more full throttle attack is going to shoot at Sable. It misses. The second one with disadvantage shoots at Sable and misses. Disadvantage on Jalen is a miss. And that's pretty much it. Okay, that's the Needle Blights and Silpha. From my perch atop the mausoleum, can I see? Am I within line of sight of the the huge mound of thorns that's swinging at Sable and Jalen? Oh, hell yeah, yeah. No, it's it's big enough that it's bigger than everybody else and very much in view for you. I don't want to fail, so I will simply unload into it magic missiles. Okay, roll your damage. Plus three, eight. Eight damage to the shambling mount. You unerringly shoot it for eight. You blow some more foliage off of it. <laughs> End of the round. More encouragement comes from the mausoleum. Quickly, quickly! And then down the path, the cats close, basically getting into range of these needle blights, but they spend their whole turn sprinting down the path. And a volley of arrows launches from Elamis and Ozio, raining down arrows, three of which strike, killing three needle blights. And that brings us to Sable. We need cover and reinforcements. And I'm going to drop the moonbeam, and I'm going to cast Conjure Animals, which will summon fey spirits that take the form of beasts. I guess, do you pick what the beasts are? No, you could pick. I believe you can summon like eight wolves, because that's what you did when Master Wu was attacking. I will conjure eight fey spirits that will take the form of wolves. All right. Eight wolves pour into this space between you and this giant entity. And I will just order them to attack and help us get to cover. All right. Roll me eight d20s. Eight d20s, okay. Because they are going to all swarm this giant thing. What do I need to get? So the AC of this creature is 15, and we'll also have plus four to attack. So you need 11 on the dice. So, so I got five hits, one of which was a crit. Okay. So do me a favor, and now roll... 12d4 Jesus. plus 8. I'm sorry, 5 hits, plus 10. 12d4 plus 10. Okay. 37 points. Dang. Wow. Does that include the crit? Yep. Okay. So 37. Wow, okay. You've done 114 damage to this thing. It's still God, there. It's still there. Fuck. There's not much left of it, but it's still there. All of the whippy bits are mostly gone. It's tearing it apart. And that brings us to its turn. It's going to kill two wolves. Actually, it's only going to kill one. So, you're down one wolf. Alright, got seven wolves. Jalen, this thing is hanging on by a thread, but it's covered in wolves. <laughs> and behind you are six needle blights. There's the name! I like my thorns like I like my women. Covered in wolves. Covered in wolves. That's the name of this episode. Covered, covered in, wolves. in wolves. So, she cannot get to it, is what you're saying, without hurting the wolves. Well, no, I mean, you can fight it if you want. It seems to be well under control. Behind you are six needle blights, now flanked by angry cats. Yeah, alright, yeah, she's gonna turn around and probably take Jessica with her. Okay. Attack the needle blights with the rapier and fairy bane. Rolled 11 on both, which is an 18 and a 19. Okay. So with the rapier, she does... Ooh, nice. Oh, nice. 16. Okay, you kill one. Yay. With Fairy Bane, she does eight. Okay, that one is still standing. Are the cats affected by Fairy Bane? Oh. Yes. The cats are all going to roll saves versus fear. There are four of them. Yeah, three of them are going to cut and run, turning their backs on this fight and darting back to their masters with bows, leaving one of them there flanking for you. Right. And what about Elamis and Ozio? Do they? They're a ways away. Oh, okay, they're not close enough. Okay. And Elamis had seen it before. That's true. That's yeah, true. He probably didn't. not practiced enough with it to not roll the saving throw, but he is too far away. Jessica. Jessica. Two swings with the rapier. 16 and 19. So those both hit. Yes, indeed. For 18 damage. Okay. And one swing with the knife. 
15 hits, right? Yep. For seven damage. Okay, she carves down two of them and injures a third. All right, and that brings us to Needle Blights. Okay, so there's three left standing. There's a cat, there's a Jessica, and there's a Jalen. So one against the cat will hit it. Against Jessica is a hit, and against Jalen... Does a 14 hit you, Jalen? No. Okay, so Jessica is hit for half of nine damage, so she'll take four. Okay. Uh, and the cat is hit for an amount that I will track and you don't need to worry about. The cat is actually displacing, so it will actually not be hit. It looked like it was hit, and then it wasn't. It being a displacer beastie. Spilling into the path is six more needle blights. Fucking blights! (laughs) We are slowly working our way towards the mausoleum, right? You've made it 15 of 60 feet, and Sylph is about to go, and then you'll be 30 of 60 feet. Okay, six more needle blights spill into the path. One of them hurls needles at Sable and misses. One of them hurls needles at Jessica and misses. One of them hurls needles at Jalen and hits. Fuck. Jalen, you take nine damage, uh, so you'll take half of that, and then you can half it again. So, three? So that's two. Two. Take a total of two. Okay, that leaves us three more. One attacks the cat, which hits. Except that it doesn't. <laughs> and I gotta re-roll that one, uh, which will miss. So the cat remains easily tanking this. One attacks Jalen. 15 to hit? Nope. And Jessica, 15 to hit? Yes. All right. Jessica takes half of six. All right, so 23 total. Silpha! Jessica's at like half-life right now, so... Mm-hmm. Silpha will defend Jessica and Sable and Jalen against the Needle Blight that most recently attacked them, and her classic Ray of Frost. Good news. It doesn't like cold. And it's a 15. That hits. To hit. For six damage. Okie dokie. And that is one that has been damaged already, but it remains... Nope, actually, nope, it's dead. Yay! Blaine. Is Muriel going to do anything other than cut you to the mausoleum? Do we want Muriel to continue cutting, or does anyone... Is anyone seriously injured enough they need healing this moment? Uh, I'd say have her keep cutting. Yeah. Okay, Muriel continues cutting. Hopefully in the direction of a bunch of those needle blades. (laughs) Yep, Muriel is... The consequence of cutting thorns, she is laying waste to some needle blights. (laughs) Oh, rats. (laughs) She doesn't seem to notice that as she is hacking at vines that look like vines. But yeah, she lays waste to another five as she wrecks more things. That's going to bring us to end of the round. More encouragement. Yes, yes, this way. You're almost there. I can see you now. Come on, come on, come on. Can we see them? No. I imagine, can Silpha see them from on top of the mausoleum? No, I think you'd have to like hang off the edge of the mausoleum to look through the door to see them. I am not inclined to do so. Okay. Hang down, go I'd ahead. I'd probably require Hello. a roll. <laughs> <laughs> ah, the displacer beast that is remaining in combat. Man, I love that fairy sword. It just simplifies this so much. <laughs> Only one displacer beast? Well, they, they get a chance to recover and come back, right? That is true, yes. Because we could use their help right now. <laughs> or you could put the fairy sword away. One of those two choices. Like hell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. No. Just now. Okay, so displacer beast whips two tentacles out. Both of them colliding with a blight, and it is shattered into pieces, killing one blight. And then from the archer volley, four arrows shoot across the sky, two of them striking and killing two more blights, leaving five blights still in the path. Sable, your wolves are going to probably finish decimating this shambling mount. Yep. I don't think we'll have you roll. There's not that many hit points left, so on average it's dead, and so we'll have them just sort of wrestle it to the ground. And you realize, as it goes down, there's this almost fleshy, pulsing heart in the middle, and when the last wolf bites into it, all of the rest of the vines fall. And the first one is dead. Okay. And now it is your turn. I am going to do better probably keeping people on their feet. 
So I am going to cast a cure. No, can I do it? Yeah, I can cast a cure wounds. I'm going to cast a cure wounds on Jessica because she's right there. Cool. Okay. Yeah, touch. So that will be four. Excellent. Eight points of recovery. That's something. Sweet. Yeah. All right. And I will say, if you can get rid of some of these thorns, it would be helpful. I say to the, not not to y'all, <laughs> but clearly shouting over my shoulder in the direction of the damn mausoleum. Of whatever's there. Whatever's there, yeah. Okay. Shambling Mound. One moves closer. It is to the point where basically in another round it will be in the path. Jalen. So we still have Needle Blights. Yes. All right, she's going to hit two more Needle Blights. We've still got five. The Rapier hits with 22. Fairy Bane got 14. Is that enough? Yeah, you kill one. Oh, nice. What? That wasn't the damage. That was the, oh, that was the you hit. You hit it, Yes, then. okay. <laughs> no. Damn. All right, sneak attack. 14 with the Rapier. Yep. And 9 with Fairy Bane. Okay, you kill one with the rapier and nearly kill one with Fairy Bane. Excellent. Jessica. All right, Jessica does two swings with her rapier, hits both times. 13. Dead. All right, and then she's going to swing with the dagger at another one and miss. Okay, that's going to bring us to the Needle Blights. There are three left in the path still standing, one of which grievously injured. Jessica gets an attack and is hit. Jalen gets an attack and is crit. Ooh. Mm. Jessica is going to take half of ten. Okay. And then we have the crit. I rolled not too bad. Not too bad or not too good? (laughs) You take half of a sixteen, which you can then half again, so you'll take a total of four, Jalen. that's fine. And then the one that's left in the path is going to attack the cat. And miss. Good. Spilling into the path. Six more needle blades. For fuck's sake. (laughs) It's like they're unlimited. They're not unlimited, but it's like they're they're unlimited. (laughs) Okay, firing at Sable is a crit. Firing at Jalen is a miss. Firing at Jessica is a 16 hit, Jessica? Yes. Okay, Sable, you got hit for 16 damage. Holy shit. That was a crit. Jessica gets hit for 6 and takes half. So 3, okay. Attacking the cat is a miss, a hit, and a miss. And the cat takes 11 damage. And that's the first actual connect with the cat. And that's going to bring us to Silpha. There are seven total needle blights out in there now. Actually, six. There are nine in the path. I think Silpha decides webs need to be cast again. Okay. To staunch the, the unending flow of needle blights. It'll block our path, though. It'll block our path back, but it won't block our path forward towards the mausoleum oh, okay. that we're headed towards. Okay, so you have a choice. You can do the opposite side of the mausoleum, which will reduce the number of needle blights that enter each turn by three. You can do the path that essentially blocks the cats, Elamis, and Azio from helping you. That will stop immediately, probably six, but won't necessarily prevent them from flowing in. And you could do the mausoleum side, but like that's just not a good idea. I'm going to do the side where they seem to all be flowing from okay. to try to slow them all down. Right, so you prevent the flow of three more needle bites per turn, and then you hit three of them, actually four of them, of which three are entangled. Yes. And so you've got kind of three in a trap. That leaves... Six still kind of out in the pathway. Muriel, I assume, cuts more mm-hmm. toward the mausoleum. Mm-hmm. Unless someone else disagrees, she'll no. keep... No. No. Just we gotta get out of... We gotta get out of here. We gotta get out. <laughs> All right. You are one turn from in the mausoleum, and that is going to bring us to... That's going to bring us to... Okay, end of the round. So, Displacer Beast. Tentacle boops. <laughs> Ow. Really horrendously. Tearing two needle blights to pieces. The volley of arrows from Azio and Elmis fire from the back. Three of them connect, killing three needle blights, leaving one untrapped needle blight standing in the middle of the path. What about the other three displacer beasts? Do they get to do their... Oh, that's right. They have made their saving throw and are turning back now, but they are approaching much more cautiously this time, as they are just a little bit smarter than your average 
dog. <laughs> so they're, they're not all gung-ho to come back, but they are closing. They will be here in time to help with the Shambling Mound, probably. <laughs> Excellent. Sable, there is a Shambling Mound. It, it, it will be in the path here in the next turn. I am putting the wolves between us and the Shambling Mound. Okay. With the exception of one of the wolves. I, I want one of the wolves to kind of basically stay with me because okay. I'm working my way back towards the mausoleum. And the best thing that I can do is heal somebody. So I think you should probably heal yourself. Between between the two of us, Jessica and me, who looks worse off? She's taken 23 damage out of 45. So, yeah, I have fewer. So I'm going to cast a Cure Wounds on myself. Okay. Which will give me 10 points. Great. Yay. That's good. The Shambling Mound wanders into the path and swings vines at wolves but doesn't connect with anything. Jalen, there is... There's a Shambling Mound of thorns. One twig blight. Uh-huh. And a shambling wall of thorns. I think she's going to attack the shambling wall of thorns. Two swings. Oh, not so great. <laughs> Eleven. Miss. And ten. Miss. Miss. Okay. Jessica. I think Jessica's probably going to... Is she going to stay by Jalen? Yeah, I think. Okay, so, so she's going to do the same thing. So two hits with the rapier for okay. ten damage total. Okay. And fail with the knife. Okie dokie. She rolled a one with that dagger. Needle blights. The one left in the pathway is going to throw a needle at Jalen and miss. Three more are kind of kind of spill in behind Muriel into the pathway. One of them is going to attack a sable. One's going to attack a cat, which is a miss and a miss. And the last one's going to attack Jalen, which is a miss. Booyah! And that's going to bring us to Silpha. Who will throw some frost at some needle blights. Okay. There are three to hit, and... 16 will hit? Yes. I aim at the one that is looks to be like in nearest proximity to attack one of my friends. Okay. And, ooh, she does seven damage. Seven damage. You badly injure one of them. Muriel finishes blasting the thorns away, clearing a clear path into the mausoleum. Muriel does not look like she can fit, but she could probably block the door once you're all inside. End of the round. Inside the mausoleum, you hear, yes, this way, quickly. It's safe in here. <laughs> Why don't I believe this thing? <laughs> well, choices be what they are. <laughs> the cats close back in and start just like, tentacle whipping this giant thing ignoring the little needle blights the tentacle whips just are beating it mercilessly each one of these cats throws out three tentacle whips so uh, one two three four five six seven hits nice for a my oh shit i rolled uh, almost straight sixes for a total of 30 damage as cats whip this thing a massive array of arrows again come flying. Ozio and Elamis have gotten pretty close at this point as they've just been slowly walking forward. The arrows rain down and three needle blights die, basically leaving no needle blights in the path. And it is now Sable's turn. So I believe you have six wolves on this thing. Yeah. Let's see those 60-20s. You need an 11 to hit. One, two... Three, four hits. 8d4 plus 8. 18 plus 8 is 26 points of damage. Okay. And anything you want to do, Sandra? Yeah, I'm diving into the mausoleum and I'm telling the wolf to growl in a very intimidating fashion at whatever happens to be inside. All right. You start in, your eyes immediately adjust to the much dimmer light on the inside. You are in sort of a long-ish hallway with eight stone sarcophagi in, in rows, two along with a path down the middle of them. Standing between the first two sarcophaguses is a pale man in tattered clothes with a knife stabbed through his chest. His shirt is covered in blood, and he is missing both arms. <laughs> and uh, the wolf goes to growl at him, and it growls at the wolf, and your wolf does not growl at him anymore. Mm. Oh, Okay. But that's a good turn, which is going to bring us to uh, the Shambling Mound, which has six wolves to choose from. It immediately slaps one of them dead. Jalen. 
All right, so thorns and beasts, but can we get to the mausoleum? You could ignore this giant beast and go straight into the mausoleum now. There's nothing between you and it. There are wolves. Well, the wolves are between you and the thorn creature, yeah, but you can dart down the 15-foot path and into the mausoleum. I think that's what she's going to do. She's going to get into the mausoleum and hope Jessica's following her. And she's going to look up at Silpha as she goes to make sure Silpha sees them go in. Okay, you dart in. Jessica also follows you in. Silpha, you do see them go in. Needle blights, a couple more spill into the path. There's only wolves to and cats to attack, so um, but they're not very smart, so they're going to shoot a little bit at cats, a little bit at wolves. Another wolf is dead. Another cat is hit. You're down to four wolves. One of which is with me? No, you have four more outside still. Okay. One that's with you is still with you. The cats all whip this creature. And that's a lot of 19s I just rolled. <laughs> One, two, three, four, five total hits. The cats whip it for 30. The arrows let loose. The volley of arrows kill all three of the needle blights that are out and have one arrow to spare for the creature. And they will whistle. And the cats will turn and scatter as Elamis and Ozio sprint by this creature and into the mausoleum. Leaving Sable, there's just this one creature, and you have four wolves to bite it, and they can't not kill it. So your wolves will chew it to pieces. This is going to take us out of combat, because as long as the wolves come in with you or disappear, the creatures don't come through the door. We'll keep them standing guard at the mausoleum door inside they're safe yeah we could just leave muriel outside they're not safe oh well they'll come in if we've got muriel on the outside blocking the door yeah you can pull them in they actually don't go anywhere near the door they just don't even try they don't try to come in nope oh the blighted creatures that is yes the wolves can come inside no the blighted creatures do not by the way if you uh for those counting at home you succeeded in killing 50 twig blights yeah good god <laughs> you got about half of them oh jesus <laughs> But they're going to be there when we come out. Uh-huh. <laughs> they're twig blights, yeah. They come in large moons. All right, we're going we're gonna to have to spend the night in this mausoleum, y'all, so you can get your spell slots back. I am not convinced that this thing is not going to attack us. Yeah, me neither. Or Elamis or Azio. I think every, everybody is still bristling and armed. Yeah. By the time everybody else runs in, I'm going to have used a bonus action to cast shillelagh on my club so like green fire would like run along the outside or just a green light would run along the outside of my club as i grip it and i'd say to that thing whatever it is what are you and why are you helping us ah well just a moment let me introduce myself properly please have a seat any one of these eight stone sarcophagi make an excellent like uh, table chair set please please sit jalen is going to position herself so she's got one eye on him and one eye on the door because she figures we have which she's looking for Silpha to come through and also Yelamis and Azio. So Silpha from the top of the mausoleum will now expend her final second level spell slot of the day to Misty Step down to the ground in front of the, the mausoleum and step through. This entity whispers a gasp like oh my gosh are, are you Lady Mason? Who does he say this to? Silpha, as she misty steps into the mausoleum. Silpha says, I could be. Who might you be? Uh, now that you're all in here, let, please let me introduce myself. The little nubs of his shoulders that are left move in very arm-like ways, even though there are no arms. And he bows and says, My name is Sir Guire. Guire Mason. At your service. Guire the Squire. Jalen's jaw drops. And that is our adventure for today. Our heroes have discovered Guire Mason. Guire the Squire. Author of smutty romance novels. Codemaster. And Squire to the very last king of Fenrir. And something is definitely not right with him. For starters, he isn't a hundred years old. We'll get back to that. Special thanks to Todd Ferguson of My Pet Machine for our tunes and Julie at Elaborate Flight of Fancy for our logo. You can find both of those folks on Facebook. Don't forget to rate and review us. Will our heroes escape vampire plants only to be eaten by vampire people? 
Find out next time on Carrots and Suffering, a D&D Odyssey. just like foliage i think is the term you're looking yeah, for <laughs> not a lot of foliage <laughs> no, little little life on the the leafery <laughs> all of its little leaflets are not doing well the green flat bits just aren't happy <laughs> no they're just not happening it's okay the um... botanist is here to help you out <laughs> <laughs> we're doing a lot of whipping Whip we should call this one Whip It Good. <laughs> Whip It Good. <laughs> we got a lot of titles for this fight so far. <laughs> yeah, so many choices. I'm imagining it's it's the dog Whip It. Yeah. So it's like, <laughs> like, like a well-behaved dog. A little Whip it. Whip It Good. Good boy, Whip It. <laughs> <laughs> whip It Good. I was just telling Nate that we could have had a real anticlimactic combat by throwing up the rope trick. Climbing up inside. And, and just letting Muriel do <laughs> it. Muriel clear the path while we sat up there. <laughs> we'll be up here. We sit up there drinking tea and just... <laughs> How's it going down there? Kaylin and Jessica could shoot with the crossbows occasionally. <laughs>